Well, it's good to be back. Uh, <clears throat> I'm here with my wife, Shar. She's the pretty blonde right there. She actually is the one that makes it all happen. I just get to stand in front of people, but she makes it happen. <clears throat> I want to talk um, to you, especially to those of you here today that honestly, when you think about your life, you, you, you don't, you're a little frustrated. Maybe you feel like, you know, I'm not making a difference. My life is not making a difference in the bigger picture of, of, of things. And you feel a little stuck and disappointed. Uh, this is, a you know, especially for you this morning. Um, I call it crossing the great divide, okay? Now, think about what you did yesterday. What percentage was secular and what percentage was spiritual? Um, do you estimate maybe 90% uh, secular, 10% spiritual, or 75% Secular, 25% spiritual, 50-50 uh, maybe? You know? My guess is that if you had asked Jesus that question, he would have given you a quizzical look and asked, what do you mean? All, my li my, all of my life is spiritual. A hundred percent. And of course, you would say, ah, I forgot who I was talking to. I'm sorry. <laughs> of course, you're the son of God. <laughs> you know? But you would be missing the point. You see? You see, <clears throat> there is a great divide, a false dichotomy that exists between everyday things and um, spiritual things. I don't know how it came about. It's a worldview that has taken a hold of us, especially those of us in the, uh, in the, the Western world. It's taken a hold of us. I don't know how it, sta it started. Maybe we can blame Plato or maybe the Enlightenment or maybe both of those things. Who knows? It says that there's a great gulf, you know, that exists between the sacred and the secular. A distinction between what is spiritual and what is ordinary. Okay? And this chasm is deep and wide. It affects all of us. Okay? Too often we think of spirituality as something strange and mysterious, something radically other than ordinary life, something practiced 
in monasteries or on top of Tibetan mountains or at, in Egyptian desert someplace, you know. And it's practitioners of spirituality or hermits or mystics or monks or priests. We think of it as something that, that only happens at special times during prayer or worship, uh, in special places, church, temple, synagogue. It only happens among special people, the clergy, priests, mystics. And the result is that we imagine that the spiritual is something altogether other than and set apart from our normal daily living. And this divide, as I said, affects everything that we do. <clears throat> it causes us to view certain jobs, certain types of work as spiritual, such as a missionary or a pastor, while others are secular and therefore unspiritual, like managing a boutique or nursing or working construction, being a stay-at-home dad. And it causes us to compartmentalize our lives. Mark Comer, <clears throat> in his book, Garden City, comments on the divide between the spiritual and the secular. And he writes, the cosmic gargantuan 24-7 kingdom of God has been shrunk down to a few hundred people singing songs in a nice building for an hour every weekend. Now, this divide did not exist in Jesus' world. He lived in a God-soaked world. Jesus woke up every morning in a world bustling with his father's activity. For him, life was drenched in his father's uh, um, presence and his actions. He saw his, father, his, his father's hand in everything. The ordinary routines of, uh, and events of his life. All of these things contained invitations to join his father in the work of the kingdom. Jesus said things like, my father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. The one who sent me is with me, always. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. He said, we, <clears throat> you will leave me, but I'm not alone. Yet, you know, for my father is with me. He was constantly aware of his father's providential care. His father was present and at work everywhere. 
in every detail of ordinary, everyday life. He was at work clothing the fields with beautiful wildflowers, caring for the birds, numbering the hairs on the head of every human being, providing for his own daily bread every day. His father wasn't just with him at the temple or in the synagogues. He was, he was with Jesus at weddings, funerals, dinner parties, while he was fishing with friends, when he was alone in the, in the Palestinian hillside. He was with him when Jesus was agonizing in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this made everything that Jesus <clears throat> did, all the details and all the, the, the routines of his daily life, sacred. You see, Jesus didn't practice um, some abstract spirituality. His spirituality was a whole life, down-to-earth, if you will, spirituality. And you and I need that same everyday spirituality if we are going to experience the abundant life that Jesus promised. And if our daily lives are going to have meaning, significance, Now, first off, we have to understand that there is no such category as full-time ministry. The word ministry actually is translated, it actually means service. See? Therefore, your ministry is your service. The role you play in life, the slot that you fill, the place you do your thing to keep the world running smoothly, the way you contribute to a better world to live in. The phrase full-time ministry is misleading because we are, <clears throat> we are all serving. We are all in the ministry. Some of us, like, like myself, are serving in the church, and that's fine, right? But the vast majority of you are serving outside the church see? as paramedics, landscapers, carpenters, graphic designers, office receptionists, programmers, parking attendants, business people. But that doesn't mean that you're serving outside, you know, <clears throat> the kingdom of God. And it doesn't mean that what you do isn't spiritual or that it doesn't matter to God. All those things are included in the list in Paul's letter 
to the Ephesians where he talks that he tells us in, in Ephesians 2.10 that we were created, we are God's craftsmanship, masterpieces, created for something special, created for good works that he planned for us to do. Many of you think your work has to be overtly Christian to matter. That's not true. You know, a lot of, a lot of us think that, you know, you, you know, if you're a musician, you have to make Christian music. If you're a teacher, it has to be at a Christian school. But that kind of thinking only creates uh, Christian ghettos. <laughs> because there's no such thing as a, a, a Christian plumbing business. Only Christian plumbers. No such thing as a Christian nail salon. Only Christian manicurists. What they all do is a gift from God to the rest of us. See? Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. See? To the Christians at Colossae, Paul wrote, whatever you do in word, or indeed, do all in the name, in the authority of Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. In other words, listen closely. Christianity is not a way of doing certain things. It is a certain way of doing all things. You see, we were meant to encounter Jesus in everything. When we eat, talk, shop, run, study, play, even our work, not just when we go to church and pray. Because you've been created in God's image and have his spirit living in you. What you do, your work, your vocation, can glorify God. See? By reflecting God's creativity, his love, his wisdom, his beauty, his goodness, his honesty, his faithfulness. His excellence, his dependability, selflessness, joy, generosity. All of these are reflections of Jesus, of our creator God. And they can all be reflected in what we do. But what about Jesus' command to go and make disciples. Well, I actually believe that 
that each one of us has two callings. Let's say you're, you're a host at a restaurant, or let's say you're a, uh, an IT person. First, you're called to be, a re- uh, to be really good at what you do. Okay? The world around you and the lives of people that you come in contact when you do what you do will be, be- will be better because of it. But you're also called to be witness, to, to make disciples, see? to be an example, and to point people to Christ by the way you live and what you say. See? You're called to live and do your work in a way that people can notice and take note of and ask questions, not just about work-related stuff, But as you become that kind, generous, open, good neighborly co-worker, you start to build relationships. They start asking other questions about life, about meaning, purpose, joy, peace, community, hope, why you're a little bit different than others. As you go about your work in a way that glorifies God, people, your neighbors, co-workers, your boss, clients, customers, get a glimpse at what Jesus' way is all about. And hopefully, maybe, you get an opportunity and an invitation to give so that they can join in with what you are enjoying. Again, Coma writes, what you do for a living is a calling, and it matters more than you know. Even if it's absolutely nothing, it has nothing to do with the church, it still has theology and oomph to it because we live in a world with no compartments for those who are spiritual, who are, you know, who are who are filled with the active, dynamic spirit of God himself, the line between heaven and earth is thin at best. The sacred is never far away. Your job, your career, or whatever it is that you do all day long isn't something outside of Jesus' calling on your life. It is right in the center of it. And as I mentioned earlier, maybe some of you may be feeling frustrated or guilty because you don't think your work or your everyday routines, your chores, your responsibilities are are meaningful. They seem pointless, meaningless. And it doesn't, and they don't really matter in the grand scheme of God's kingdom plan because in your mind, They're not spiritual. Actually, the the reality is that much of our life is ordinary and unspectacular. 
And maybe because of that, you don't feel like you're changing the world from behind your desk or driving your truck or changing diapers or answering emails. You wonder, does what I, <clears throat> does any of this actually matter? Well, it most certainly does. See? You're missing out because you've bought into the myth of the great divide. Are you ready to cross that great divide? If you are, it's, you know, some things will have to change. You're going to have to get rid of the false dichotomy and pray for a new awareness. Pray to wake up, to be awake to, in order to see and be aware of God who is all around you all the time. Help you to see you know, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Help you to, 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 to see life and the, uh, and the kingdom the way, the way Jesus did. Well, this takes time to develop, but you know what? It all comes by spending time with Jesus. You'll need to, uh, a new perspective as to how you see your job, your place, what you do. <clears throat> and begin seeing it as a calling, a service, a way of contributing to God's wider kingdom mission of making the world around you, the people you touch and and come in contact with better and your world a better place, a little nicer, a little more pleasant, a little more human. Along with that, you'll have to learn how to listen and pay attention to the Holy Spirit when he alerts you to opportunities to serve those around you in the course of your daily routines. You'd be surprised where Jesus shows up, where he works, where you work. But of course, that type of awareness only comes with, again, spending time with Jesus, getting sensitive to his presence. It takes time. What you do counts. When Jesus is at the center of, of your life, everything you do is ministry, service, a way of expressing God's love. For a follower of Jesus, the line between heaven and earth 
It's thin at best, as Comer says. The sacred is never far away. And your job, your career, whatever it is that you do all day long isn't something outside of Jesus' calling in your life. It's right at the center of it. All you have to do is dig out from under the rubble of that false worldview of the great sacred-secular divide. It does not exist. And when you do, watch what happens. You will wake up each morning with a, a sense of worth and purpose. You'll show up at your job and do your work, not simply to get ahead, not simply to make more money or become famous or powerful or important, but you'll do it to love and serve God and your neighbor. And it doesn't mean that where you are right now is where you're going to end up. But where you are right now is where God has you. And he wants to use you. And when you do that, you make a difference. Your life does count. You might not get on the front page of, of uh, uh, you know, in magazines. Or you might, it might be behind the scenes, but God sees it. God sees it, and that's what counts. And one day you'll be rewarded for it. Now, I know that this message has hit home for some of you in a good way, in a hopeful way. It, the Holy Spirit has... has taken these words and turned on a light inside of you. And one thing you have to know, because I believe that that's the Lord, you know, that's the Lord, not, ju not just my words and everything, but that other thing that's going on inside of delivering that hope, that reality that this is real for you. It can be real. This could be your life. You could live this way. It's not going to happen by just your good intentions or your effort, as good as they might be. You're going to need the Holy Spirit's help. You're going to need to learn how to walk in his steps and listen and pay attention. You're going to need the Holy Spirit. And so I want to pray for you. As we, as we close. I'm wondering, do we have any, any in the, uh, here in the education or the teaching or some sort of, you, that's where you work, you know? Huh? Where are you? Would you mind if I prayed for you? Would you stand? Those of you that are, do we have any other people? Any over here?
show. Just relax, okay? Just, <laughs> just relax, <laughs> relax, relax, just relax, okay? You don't have to force this. The Holy Spirit is here. He knows what you need. He knows your heart, okay? So just relax. And if there's a big yes in your heart, he's going to meet you. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come. Come now. You know the strategic place you've placed each one of these, these people here that are standing. The place of influence that you've given them, that they have in other, people, other people's lives, children, adults. And so now, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, come. Anoint them the way you anointed Aaron as a priest and the, and the, the oil that was poured, poured out on him and just drenched his beard and came over him. I pray now, Holy Spirit, come. Come, fill them again. And Lord, I pray that there'll be a new awareness, a new sense of purpose to their, uh, what they do, their service, their ministry as teachers, as educators. Bless them, Lord. Do we have anybody, do we have people working in the medical field, nurses, doctors? Any? Yeah, could you, could you please stand? Oh, you're already standing. <laughs> well, you know what? I was thinking of Luke. The blessing of Luke over your life. Dr. Luke. Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your anointing, the anointing, Lord, of your healing, your presence would be upon her. Lord, give her eyes and a heart to see and to act in your stead. Let her be uh, uh, a, just her presence be healing to those around her. And Lord, make her excellent, excellent in what she does. Come now, Holy Spirit, and fill her. Let your anointing, let your anointing oil pour out over her as she serves. Do we have a business owner here? Huh? Oh, I see somebody standing over there. Ah, there you are. Anybody else? Right here. Right there. Yeah. You, you know how many businessmen and women were in the book of Acts and in the New Testament that, that worked with Paul? Actually, because they were, they were business people with access serving. They were great. They had great benefit in the kingdom. Their business, whether it be tent making or whatever, like Lydia, uh, she was in the textile business, whatever, service. God used that to extend his kingdom and anointed them as ministers. So Holy Spirit, come as they surrender their business to you. Lord, I pray that great blessing over them as they see their work 
as ministry, their business as a place of ministry, as a place that is extending the blessings of the kingdom. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill them right now. Touch them. Let the oil of your blessing, the anointing of, of your spirit just pour out over them in Jesus' name. And bless as they surrender their businesses, their place in the business to you. Bless it. Bless it. Bless it in Jesus' name. Let's just wait a couple of more moments. Okay, here's the, here's a, I'm just taking a risk here. Those of you that feel that you're stuck, you have a job that is, you can't, you know, it's just something you have to do, but you're not getting anything out of it. You feel like it's a dead end, you know, but you need the paycheck or whatever. You feel like, ah, you just feel stuck. It's not, it might not be even the best conditions. Where are you? Do you feel that way? Anybody here? Could you stand? Anybody else? Yeah? Yeah, this is a common thing. Yeah? Yeah. Close your eyes. Put out your hand. Lord, you see, you know, here's what I want to tell you. God knows where you are right now. He may not keep you there, but he knows where you are right now. And he can use you for his glory. He can use you in unexpected ways. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray in the name of Jesus that you let them see what you see. Let them see and let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have placed them there for a reason, to bless, to be fruitful, to be a minister of the kingdom. Now, Lord, Watch over them and help them to find you in their workplace, to find you and experience your presence there and use them to be a blessing. In Jesus' strong and powerful name. In Jesus' strong and powerful name. Let's all stand. Hey, Wherever you are and whatever you do, especially those of you that maybe, you know, you're raising, you're raising a family. That's what you do. That's what a ministry that is. God bless you. I pray that you will see how where you fit in the kingdom of God and that the Holy Spirit is available to equip you to be a representative of our Lord Jesus right where you are right now. What you do is important. You matter. What you do, you matter. So, Lord, bring that home to our hearts and help us to live that way. We're going to end with a song. If you need more prayer, there will be those in the back that are available to pray. Okay? This is a beautiful song. They, they, I, I heard them sing it this morning, and the words are like a prayer, a beautiful prayer to what we've been what we've been talking about this morning. So let's end with this song.